Game will put one up there. It's the black shot goal! This is Dennis and Friends. Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to the Dennis and Friends podcast, a place where my friends and I like to talk about whatever we want to talk about, whatever interests us, what's going on in life and around the world. I'm Dennis. I host the show. Welcome to episode 51 on very short uh, notice and very short uh, gap between the two episodes between 50 and 51. Dawson Maxwell is back with me uh, tonight. Dawson, say hello. Hello, hello. He's back with me to uh, discuss the last couple of days at the World Cup, not just today. We'll obviously do a little bit more talk about the U.S. game, but we wanted to discuss what happened yesterday because yesterday was kind of crazy with the second round of the group stage matches ending. And then we'll talk a little bit about the England game, the England-Wales game, and really look ahead into the four matches tomorrow, which should be very exciting. Okay, well, let's start with... Hmm. Actually, why don't you pick? You pick which game we, we should start talking about first. Um, Let's go ahead and get Portugal-Uruguay out of the way. Okay. I was, I was sad about this one. Okay, yeah. What What do you think, man? Um, I mean, obviously my, my prediction, uh, was, was Uruguay and, you know, it was kind of shocking, like aside from like my bias of like, I picked Uruguay to to win. So I was rooting for them, but like unbiased, like I genuinely thought that Uruguay was like edging out Portugal as the better team. Obviously I think they're both, you know, elite teams and pretty well balanced from that perspective. But I did sort of think that. Like, I've really favored this Uruguay back four, or back three, I guess, with the way that they play, over uh, Portugal's back four in just the games that we'd seen so far. And I also, I really thought that Darwin Nunez was going to turn things around. Um, I thought that, I, I don't know, Cavani and Suarez are both approaching me carelessly throwing out the word washed towards their way. Um <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, it was just a disappointing game. And obviously another, you know, another bad penalty call. Um, so it's it's just a, it was just a unfortunate game in my eyes. And I felt that Uruguay really did underperform as well. They had a lot of chances, but just not quality. Yeah. Dude, I feel so much, all those things you said. Like, I've heard so many people on podcasts and on Twitter and on various things talk about oh Portugal's a favorite now cuz they've looked good uh no they haven't mm-hmm. like i don't know what games they're watching but they do not look convincing to me no. sure they had stand up individual performances yesterday but yeah. as a collective whole like they are very vulnerable and i still i still am in the camp of they could be out of the round of 16 or the or the quarterfinal for sure depending on who they match up against I will say, though, they had good bright spots yesterday. Obviously, Bruno was good, whatever. He was not great. People thought, oh, he was world-class. He, I mean, he had, like, a couple nice passes, like, in the middle of the game. And then, obviously, the goal, which half of that is Cristiano coming in to, like, make the goalie come out. So, like, yeah, yeah like, obviously, Bruno got credit for the goal. But CR7 had a lot to do to to make that happen and then the penalty was bogus we, we you just said it like that's one of the again two straight games in a row that yep. portugal's gotten a really mm-hmm. really 
awful VAR penalty call to go their way that leads yeah. to a goal. And it's ridiculous. Like, they didn't yeah. deserve that. That wasn't, uh, I don't remember who touched the ball or who they called it on, the which defender, but it was really frustrating. I will say, though, um, I thought, I do not like this guy at all. Um, but Bernardo Silva, I thought, was pretty solid yesterday. Yeah. Same with Joao Felix. I thought he was good. To me, the man of the match, honestly, bro, this is good. This is kind of an unpopular opinion. Pepe. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I bet you. No. So, like, he came yeah. in. He came yeah. in. He he didn't start the first game, right? So he comes in uh, for somebody who got injured. I can't remember who it was. And he was fantastic. Like, him and Diaz were both really good. Shout out Diaz as well. I'm not a big Diaz guy at all. I've, I've said multiple times that he's a little bit overrated. But he played very well yesterday. But Pepe yeah. was fantastic. Just the way that they were so, like, solidified. It reminded me a lot of, I know you can't compare these two guys. These are two very different players. Like, one has been world class for a long time and one, you know, like, has not been that. But it feels silly to compare them. But let me explain what I'm going to say. Reminds me a lot of Tim Ream of how he plays for the U.S. Like he brings a calming influence to their their backline, like Tim Ream does for the U.S. The same way that Pepe does for this Portugal backline. Obviously, like Ruben Diaz is experienced and has been playing in big games lately. But for their wing backs, for their uh, um, left and right backs, like he's big for them. He's big for their goalie. I thought he had great leadership yesterday. Played really well. Played really physical. Uh, made things hard. Uh, for Uruguay, albeit Uruguay did not have the best of games, but I thought he was fantastic. Um, I don't want to talk too high about any other Portugal players because, like I said, I didn't think they were great. Um, I thought Uruguay was lackluster in the final third. You know what I mean? Like, they did not do what they needed to do, and then at some point, you could definitely tell that they were playing for a draw instead of just going for the win, which is super frustrating. I thought the Cavani start was awful. Like, yeah. he did not play well at all. Suarez provided way more in the, like, 10 minutes that he mm-hmm. played than Cavani did. Yeah. Darwin was their best player in the first half and then faded hard in the second, and then that's why they subbed him off. Um, yeah. But he had a couple bad touches, didn't do a lot of great things on the ball. Um, but I thought Palestri and Gomez, when they came on, they brought a lot of energy. I mean, they should have scored. You know, they had a couple hit off the post. Not the best Valverde game, but he was okay. Um, yeah. I was really impressed by Bentecourt, though. Man yeah. of the match for Portugal, for sure. Like, everywhere. Yeah. A lot like, again, I'm, I'm comparing him to a U.S. player. But Tyler Adams, like, everywhere. Just putting out fires. Just, like, you can't, like, be more than five feet away and then realize, oh, he's right there. Like, he's yeah. literally all around this field. So I was super, super pleased with his performance. Um, but, man, it's weird. It's weird that... Uruguay's in this position because you and I both were really excited about them, and I do not feel good about their chances of getting out, to be honest with you. Yeah, no shot. Um, uh, Let me pull up their group real quick just so I can um, be confident in what I'm saying. And it's only Um, one spot. It's three teams fighting for one spot, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so that last game, is it Portugal, Ghana, South Korea, Uruguay? No, because that that was what happened the first game. So it should be Uruguay, Ghana, and South Korea, Portugal. Okay, Okay. Uruguay, Ghana. Man, and that's kind of, honestly, like, Ghana, I would say, 
just with the current thing of Uruguay being what, what it is and Portugal, obviously what we're saying about them sort of, you know, we're not super hot on them like everybody else is. I would honestly say that Ghana has impressed me the most out of this group, question mark. I don't know. This is a kind of a underperforming group, you might say. Um, but obviously yesterday, yesterday's slate, I think I – I predicted them to lose as well, and they uh, really showed up, and, and they, they kind of controlled that game against South Korea, so we can get into that later. But, yeah, I mean, Uruguay's chances are not looking super hot. No, let's just segue to it now. I thought that game was incredible. Yeah. Um, I guess I didn't realize the magnitude of names that I knew on this roster for Ghana, like the names mm-hmm. that like I recognized. Because I just thought, oh, like, they have, like, three guys that I know. They have, like, multiple guys that I just, like, forgot that they played or I didn't know that they played for Ghana. Yeah. I don't get why they're ranked so low in the FIFA rankings because they have very nice players on the team. Um, And, oh, my goodness, Mohamed Kudus was amazing yesterday. Man of the match for sure. He has had quite the year uh, for Ajax. I'm a big fan of, of what he's doing there, especially being great in the Champions League. But just the way that he, he came in and did his thing, I thought he was great. Um, I thought Jordan Ayew from Palace was awesome. Yeah. Just the crosses that he had that led to two of the goals were really great. I was a big fan. I've always been a big fan of Tyreek Lamptey from Brighton, who plays at, uh, I can't remember if it's left or right back. Um, but he was also incredible yesterday. They had nice games from everybody else. Salisu was fine. Amarty was fine. Not the best Thomas Party game. Um but yeah, I've been very, very surprised by them. And again, I thought that they were terrible. And then looking at them play, it's like, oh yeah, like half of these guys do play in the Premier League. Like I'm just dumb, and I just totally like ignored that for whatever reason. So my bad on that. I'll take the L on that for sure. Um, from a South Korea perspective, um, I thought Hyunming Sun did not play his best yesterday, and I think they needed more from him, yeah. big time. Um, I thought Cho. Yu Sung Cho had nice, uh, had very nice goals, yeah. and then everybody else was just kind of average. That's kind of what I thought about um, about how they performed. Yeah, I agree. Um, South Korea looked very almost surprised in the first half, I guess. Which this is sort of honestly how I thought that the South Korea Uruguay game would go of, like, Uruguay just overpowering South Korea with pure physical dominance. Because, like, these South Korean guys are are not big. Um, like, they're... They play with passion, and they play... They're really, they're very fast, and they're very quick off, the, off to accelerate. And they have really good hops, as, uh... I don't want to butcher his name. Cho Gyu-sung showed. Like, they, they can get out there for headers as well. Um, but I think you just... Like, I was expecting in that game Uruguay just to get a set piece, to get a corner, and just bang them in. And that's this, that's kind of what Ghana did this game, which was, I mean, really good to see tactically from Ghana. They were really utilizing, like you said, IU was sending in the crosses. Um, they were using a lot of crosses off the sides, which was, you know, good to see them play to their strength. Um, their third goal was also fantastic, just crossing it down the box and finishing. Um you know, so it was a really good game, and I was surprised to see Ghana, you know, sort of tighten things up. I think that first Portugal game was sort of 
why I was a little bit lower on them. They just very seemed very undisciplined, and they kind of fixed that problem very quickly, which is good to see. Good for them. Yeah, I remember us talking about discipline, to be exact, like us thinking that South Korea would win because of that discipline that they have shown um, and that they're known for. And something that I wrote on my notes that I'm looking at right here is that spirit triumphed over discipline. I thought the spirit that Ghana played with yesterday, albeit they did play better, like they tightened things up, they looked a little bit more like, you know, not as chaotic. But still, that, that doesn't take away the fact that they just play with so much passion um, and that, that's a credit to their traveling uh, fans that are there with them and just like who they are as people. Um, yeah. It carries them. I mean, that's it's not a thing that's new for this year either. Like that's, you know, that's a thing about Ghana when they're in a World Cup. Like their games are fun and uh, the fans get into it and their people are really lively and it's a party, you know, and that, you know, carries over onto the field which is not like the deepest analysis, but like that's something that needs to be acknowledged because you could tell yesterday with how they played. Um, that's a big deal. Um, yeah, I like their chances against um, against Uruguay um, to at least get a draw, you know, especially with how weird Uruguay's been. Um, yeah. Definitely. I'm curious to see what lineups come out out of that game, but who knows, man? It could be yeah. a, rather uh, interesting, but who knows? Yeah. A real quick shout out to the Ghana goalkeeper Atazigi, I think is how you say his name. Yeah, yeah. He had some clutch saves when they were up three to two um, in the final ten minutes of stoppage time. South Korea really was pushing, and they had some really good chances. And he had some really some better saves, I think. Um, what do you think, real quick, about the ref blowing the whistle where he blew the whistle? Oh, horrible, horrible. Yeah. I I was hearing a. Uh... They were talking about it on After the Whistle on the, the podcast that Rebecca Lowe and, and Brendan Hunt uh-huh. were on. Um, and Rebecca was saying that, like, she's fine with it because it went over, but yeah. also, it like, understands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, there was also, I thought that, I thought I remember seeing a stoppage that, like, kind of happened during extra time or during added time that kind of justified adding on even more time. But I don't know. I, I may be, I may be tripping. Um, yeah. Also, that's the most Anthony Taylor thing. Like, he yeah. is a clown of a ref. Like, every single time he refs a big Prem game, or it just, I guess, any Prem game, but especially the big ones, because he's always tasked with Liverpool City, United, Chelsea, Spurs, Arsenal. Like, those big, high-profile games that happen in a season, he's always the main ref for that. And it is yeah. a clown show when he does it. So that's so not surprised at all. But it's like, what are you doing, dude? Like, don't do that. Yeah. Speaking of goalies, let's jump to Cameroon, Serbia, because there's a very interesting goalie situation happening over there. I want to talk about that first before we talk about the actual game. So okay. yesterday, uh, before the game started, uh, we discovered that Andre Onana, who is the starting goalkeeper for Cameroon, he was the keeper at Ajax when they made their run to the Champions League semis a few years ago and then was suspended for a bit, I think, for PEDs or, or drugs or something, steroids. I don't know, some something that he did. I can't remember off the top of my head. And then he was uh, looked at by Inter Milan, and now he's the starting goalie at Inter Milan um, in Italy. So he got into a fight with his coach about tactics, basically from what I understand, it's like 
his coach basically told them, hey, be a normal goalkeeper. And Andre was like, no, like me not being normal is why my game works the way it does. And they got to a big spat about it and they suspended him. And now he's not even on the team. Like he flew back. Like he left Qatar today or yesterday or whatever. Isn't that so like, that's shocking, right? Like, I don't know. There's no other word to put it. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think, what was Cameroon's first game? And what was the result? Uh, it was the, the game against, did they play? Did they Senegal? Uh, is, this isn't the Senegal group. No, they played Switzerland and they lost one nothing. Okay. I mean, I'm trying to remember back on, it, it, like, I don't remember anything sticking out to me about Onana. Yeah. Um, do you remember the goal that Switzerland has? What is, was it? I think it was off a no. I think it was off a header. I don't think it was a necessarily a thing that happened in the game. I thought it was something. I yeah, guess it, yeah, it sounds like something like, that happened during training. Okay, but I mean, like, do you know anything about the partic- like the specifics of like he said like my game and stuff like that, like like versus the keeper who's now playing? No. This is what The Athletic says in their article when they reported about it yesterday. The Athletic was informed that Song and Onana, Song being their uh, coach, had argued over tactics with the former defender telling the keeper not to hit his goal kicks long and not take risks close to his goal. The the National Federation had instead maintained that Onana has been stood down for disciplinary reasons which had not been detailed. Um, Both sides... Do not contest that a very heated conversation took place during Saturday's... Okay, so it did happen during a training session. During Saturday's training session, there is no agreement over when the situation may be resolved. However, meaning it is not yet known whether Onana will be able to take part in Friday's final group game against Brazil, but obviously that's not the case anymore. He has left Qatar, and he is on the way back to... I don't know if he's going back to Italy to get ready for the restart Uh of the season or if he's going back to Cameroon for a little bit. Um, yeah so yeah uh, dang that's crazy he said stop kicking goal kicks along and he was like no and now he's gone yeah man. yeah that is weird situation man I, I i don't know if i should say like kudos to the coach for like standing his ground because I, I don't think you should do that like in a world cup like and the the gap between him and like their backup is like pretty stark, yeah. and it was evident a little bit yesterday. He was a little right. bit shaky, yeah. um, naturally because. Me. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I I was gonna say he was just shaky because naturally, like you get called in to to yeah. start the game. I probably on really short notice at that yeah. point. Yeah, you know, unexpected. Where you're like, I'm the solidified backup, and then the coach is like, so yeah, you're starting, and the previous starter is now back in Italy or wherever he is. Yeah, I can imagine that's nerve-wracking. But, yeah, that's – I mean, that's – like, I was surprised to see, like – obviously, I think my prediction of this game was 3-1 Serbia. Um, so I was surprised to see Cameroon come out offensively as hot as they were. And all credit to them. Chupa Motang looks fantastic. He was creating things. And oh, he was great. He was fantastic. Um, Cameroon's second goal, it's on so many highlight reels already. Oh, a Bubake's goal? Abu Bakar, yeah, I think it's how you say his last name, but yeah, like that 
was probably the most embarrassing goal of the tournament. <laughs> like he straight up made, I need to Milink, Milinkovic, Milinkovic Savage. He made that man his son. <laughs> like that goal was so filthy, but yeah, Cameroon looked fantastic. Even aside from that goal, um, it was a great, it was a fun game to watch for sure. Yeah. I thought, I mean, like you said, Chofu Moting, fantastic. Abubakay's goal. He was a game changer when he came onto the field. He had a big hand yeah. in the third goal, too, that Chofu Moting scored. Yes, that's um, The one that they had early on was cool as well. Um, honestly, dude, after watching that game, watching it on replay, Serbia has to be kicking themselves for not scoring more in the first like 15 minutes because they dominated and they were handed so many like opportunities because there were so many mistakes being made by by Cameroon defensively like they were giving up easy balls and yeah not getting passes connected and turning the ball over and yeah they they struggled right out of the gate and I thought there was a couple chances specifically in those first two first 15 minutes that they just didn't convert and that ended up biting them in the butt. And they had chances all game too. It's not like just those fi- first 15 minutes. Yeah. I thought Mitrovic was amazing. The havoc that he was causing was pretty incredible and he does that a lot for his club at Fulham too. Yeah. Um but he was uh he was something else yesterday. He should have had honestly he should have had a hat trick. Just the the work work rate that he has and uh, the way that he, you know, makes stuff happen inside the box. Um, gosh, the match just blew the lead. Good job, guys. Um, right. We gotta love it. Milikovic Savage was good on his first goal or on his only goal at the end of the first half. Um, I will say about the Serbian defense, they struggled second half, and I think a lot of it has to do with how they run, ran a high line, as evidenced by the goals. Yeah, and it backfired. It reminds me a lot of how Liverpool plays because Liverpool runs a very high line. Um, and sometimes it backfires and it exposes, uh, at the expense of Trent Alexander-Arnold, who's had a terrible defensive year. It exposes him. It exposes Andy Robertson to some degree. It reminded me a lot of that as well. Um, they were running just, they were trying to trap what Cameroon was doing and Cameroon made some great runs and obviously led to those two goals. So yeah, yeah, really, really interesting draw that makes that group, you know, I know there's one spot left in that group as well. But that is quite the result for Cameroon to get. I don't know if they'll get it because they got to play Brazil. And who knows what side Brazil is going to put out on Friday since they're already through and they're probably going to win the group. But we'll see. We'll see. I thought they they responded really well after a tough first game against Switzerland where they, you know, only got beat by one. So, Yeah, I agree. It's going to be interesting to see them play Brazil for sure. Um, we've seen crazy upsets at this World Cup so far, so you never know. Yeah. Speaking of Brazil, let's talk about their game um, against the Swiss, the Swiss men. Swissies. That is the result for Brazil that I think will carry into the knockouts. I thought the way that they played was obviously solid and they dominated. But for them to struggle through and get what they thought was the breakthrough in like the 63rd when Vinicius Jr. had that goal that was called outside and then having to wait another 20 minutes or whatever to get the actual breakthrough. Um, You know, kudos to them. I mean, 
that goal by Casemiro was stupid. Like stupid. It's a it, yeah, it took the tiniest deflection, but stupid yeah. the amount of pace that was on that ball. Kudos to him. Um golly, their defense is incredible. Thiago Silva has been absolutely unbelievable and he's like 39 or however old he is so yeah dude shouts to him and marquinhos yeah and throw and back to portugal and pepe for being 39 yeah these old guys running the show tim ream uh (laughs) hector moreno from mexico has been pretty solid like yeah just all the old guys just ativa hutchinson (laughs) yeah (laughs) well he didn't do so hot but that's a whole nother story not Jan Vertonghen and uh, and Toby Alderweireld for uh, for uh, Belgium, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah, um, I thought Alexandro had a very nice game yesterday, and I thought Vinicius Junior. Um, he was a big reason for that goal because I think, if I remember correctly, he either took two or three defenders with him with his movement, and it opened up that space for um, for Casemiro to have that sort of strike. Um, so kudos to him. Uh, from the Swiss side, I mean, they were really great defensively, re- really well organized. Akanji from Man City was fantastic, and their their goalie Summer, he's, he's a big uh, big tournament guy. Uh, he always shows up, so I was really impressed by him. He couldn't do anything about that goal though, so it is what it is. Yeah, definitely. I love Vinny Junior so much. I love watching him play. He's such a great player. He's so like. He's just so driven, like in everything that he's doing, in the directions that he's going. And yeah, you're right. That goal um, that Casemiro had was like all in part of Vinny Jr. Like he, he well, he didn't get the assist, um, but he started that key play right, and he passes it off to the box to make the Swiss think that they're going to try to rotate around to the other side of the box. Um, whoever got the assist passes it off to Casemiro, and then he just absolutely hammers it and yeah the deflection was like not major if anything like that ball was going straight into the corner and the the deflection really made it hit the side of the net it's like even more unsavable but i think that ball was unsavable anyways so yeah i mean hats off to brazil they look fantastic um that's a comforting result for them without neymar obviously i don't think that they were super worried about this match against switzerland but um, it's always comforting that when you can go out and get a get a W when you just lost kind of the heart of your team. Like you, like we mentioned before, like they're going out there to win this World Cup for Neymar if they win it, you know. Um, so good for them. Um, and you know, it it really I was surprised to see how much the offense took a hit with Neymar being out. I think that that was like I think that they could have had, you know, they probably would have had a little bit more opportunities that were quality if Neymar's in the game um so I think yeah that, yeah um, I thought Richarlison especially was not as good as he was the first game yeah um and neither was uh Rafinha was fine I thought Rafinha was fine Vinicius was obviously the better of the players um I wonder what it what it could have looked like had Gabby Jesus or Martinelli played it started instead of Richarlison and uh and Rafinha but you know we're not Dites, so who are we? Who are we to say anything, right? Right. Um, any other thoughts on Monday slate? Um, I think that's all for Monday slate. They were good games. Um, yeah, those groups okay. are fun to watch now. Yeah. 
we can just briefly talk about the Netherlands game. I mean, they look good. I mean, it's Qatar, so it's fine. They did a little bit of, of lineup movement. Um, Gakpo, He's top good. three player of the tournament so far for me. I'm scared of them right now. <laughs> we could talk about that in a little bit, um, about how that relates to the United States now that that matters. Uh, yeah, I, th- I thought they were fine. Um, yeah, they were great. The the Ecuador Senegal game though man wow yeah. that was intense uh, but how it should have been you know I was a little bit disappointed in, in uh, Ecuador though me too um, I was I, I thought they didn't show up for the game I did I don't think they realized they're like hey dummies you gotta like get a result like yeah you gotta like be active I I thought they were too like slow to get into the game you know yeah. what I mean I completely agree it was I mean basically from the beginning. It was all Senegal. Like Senegal could have made it like two or three, two or three nothing within the first like fifteen minutes. Like they had some quality shots right at the start of the game. I think they had one literally in the second minute, and like that was. I don't know. I I don't know enough about these Ecuadorian players to like. Like uh, Preciado didn't look good today to me. Um, I don't know a lot about him though. Um, and then their goalkeeper was meh. Um, yeah, their midfield, really disappointing because their midfield's strong. Moises yeah. Caicedo, not yeah. a good game from him from what I saw. Yeah, um, the goal was also lame, in my opinion. Yeah, and they also didn't get a lot of service to their forwards. You yeah. know? Did, I, they also might have run a little bit of a different formation if I saw what I thought um, I saw. I don't think they ran two up top like they did earlier in the tournament. Uh yeah, Google has it just as four three three. See, um, I don't think they ran that. Yeah, they don't adjust like when people get subbed off. Google doesn't adjust to like what they change it to really. Well, actually, I take that back. They do because they changed Iran's uh, starting lineup when they made a couple changes. So I mean, Google has it as four three three, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I I what just Iran like what did it look like to you? Oh, I have no idea. It, it looked like just get everybody forward at some point in the second half once they yeah. kind of got a foothold on the game, once they started right. having possession again. So that's um, what I thought. The, one of the most shocking moments of this game to me was that Plata didn't score in yeah. like the 85th or 83rd or whenever it was. Or it might have been even earlier in the game. I don't really remember. But like great ball into him. Hello. Great ball. One of the only great balls like crossing wise for Ecuador, I thought. Um, and he controlled it well. It was just like, I don't know. He did have a lot of people around him and it was impressive that he like kept the ball to himself in that moment. Um, but yeah, I mean, just hitting it right at the keeper right there is not what you need when you're down one Mm -hmm. and you go home if you lose. Yeah. Would they have advanced if they tied? Was it the same situation as the U S Iran? I think so. Cause they had, cause they won the first game and then they drew, uh, their second game. So they just needed one um, as opposed to Senegal who needed um, three. who were on three points because they lost the first game to, um, yeah. to uh, the Netherlands. Yeah. Uh, speaking of of their guys, you know, I was impressed by their midfield today. Um, I, w- I wasn't a huge fan of the penalty Sar had, but I understand why. Um, yeah. But I thought he finally showed up today, just in general, just besides the penalty. Um, yeah, I agree. 
He had some yeah. really good chances early in the game. Yeah, their midfield was great. That Koulibaly goal was spectacular. Was he's got such a good like understanding like in the box um, for a center back, um, and I don't know what is the reason behind that, but like he's had a couple. Well, I don't know if he's had more than one goal, but I think about the goal that he scored for Chelsea this year when they played a Spurs like really early on in the season in the Premier League. And that was a nice goal, just the positioning that he had and the power to strike it. Same thing today. He had great positioning, put a lot of great pace on the ball um, to get it past uh, Ecuador's keeper. Um, so kudos to him. And he defended well, obviously. He's he's world-class to me, even though he's a little bit older now. I thought he was fantastic. So, yeah, I, I think that's deserved. Um, you know, for Senegal, you're wishing that now that you're through the knockouts that you have your best player. Um, especially now that they're going to play England. Um, yeah. You really wish you had Sadio Mane, but yeah. you know they, they got to stick it out and see what they can they can do with Dia and Saar and, and their forwards and see if their midfield is, continues to be as sharp as it has been the last two games, especially. So, Yeah, definitely. And I think that like with that whole Sadio Mane for this team, Senegal doesn't strike me as a team that, obviously not, because they're through to the round of 16 now, or well on their way. Um, like, I don't know. They just don't strike me as a team that would heavily need to rely on a key player. Yeah. You know? Um, like, we've seen all these other teams that do. Like, um, I think Canada really relies on Alfonso Davies. Um, Belgium really needed Lukaku. Uh, Germany... They've got their key players. They've got a couple, you know, but they definitely rely on key players. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think that this, this Senegal squad has really proved that they're capable without Sadio Mane. Um, I guess we'll see. I th- England definitely are a step above everybody else in this group, in my opinion. So we'll see going forward. Yeah, and they have that resilience and that grit that only a champion can have. And, you know, they are the champions of Africa, and they've been through yeah. a lot of really hard games especially too against Egypt in the last uh, year. So it's not like them facing pressure is foreign to them. Like they, they get it and they have proven time and time again to come out on top. So with or without Sadio, they're, they're a really nice team. You know, it's just that when you are missing one of the top five players in the world, you know, it stinks. So yeah, definitely. Um, I don't want to talk too deep about the Wales England game. I thought my thoughts are, you know, Southgate actually did a good job today. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe start Phil Foden every game because he <laughs> does. He makes stuff that. happen, man. Like he's so come good, on. man. He's so good. I hate him so much, but he's so good. Like I, he's, I think he's a clown. But his yeah, stupid so little good. haircut is—he's just too easy <laughs> to hit. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was lights out from England today. It makes me feel. I mean, obviously, you've got the whole. Southgate coached a good game against Wales and a atrocious game against the U.S. But like, I don't know, man. Seeing seeing us as like we should have handily beat Wales as well, two or three nothing, and then tying England and seeing England beat Wales three nothing. You know, it makes me feel good. Um, obviously, I think Rashford played mentally today. He was insane. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that we didn't see that quality and that minute share from him against us because he's a player that I was I was pretty intimidated of whenever I saw him getting subbed on against us but yeah I mean you know it, what happened was what we all thought 
was going to happen today against Wales. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All the changes that he made were nice. Kyle Walker came back today, put in a nice little shift, um, especially since Trippier had been kind of rough. Um, mm-hmm. McGuire was goofy today. I thought that was pretty funny, um, some <laughs> of the stuff that he was trying to do, um, yeah. but he was fine. Uh, I thought Jordan Henderson played all right today, um, getting the start, getting the nod. Um thought that Jude had a lot better game today than he did against the U.S. I thought, I honestly thought he was going to get dropped um, based off the U.S. game, but he played a lot better today than he did yeah. on Friday. And, and Kane did his thing, and um, I thought the subs were fine. Um, yeah, it would have been nice to see James Madison just out of, like, personal preference, but I understand he's not fully 100% yet. Um, but Calvin Phillips is back. Um, he played a little bit today from what I saw. And uh, Calvin Wilson got some run in too. So it was a nice little shift for them to rotate some guys. I I didn't see, I mean, obviously, like, Clayton and I were, like, dead focused on the U.S. game. Duh. But, like, we had the angle game on the other TV that I have up here. And uh, I don't remember Gareth Bale touching the ball once, <laughs> to be honest with you. So I don't know what happened there. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really get. I mean, I was at work today, so what I <clears throat> what I watched of these games, I watched on my lunch break. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just don't think that Gareth Bale is good when he's on Wales. I'm sorry, like, and I mean, obviously, we've seen the regression of him now um, with where he's at in his career is just natural. But I mean, even in years past, when like Wales would have bigger friendlies or you know international tournaments and stuff like that like I don't know I just like Wales is very much a team that would need to rely on him like they're not a good team without him and if they were to have any success it would be on his back and he would be exhausted from carrying them so yeah I just don't think that he's at that point in his career anymore I mean the man doesn't even start for an MLS team right now so are we really going to like give him the time of day as like a savior of this Welsh team. Like, I don't think so. I'm mad that he scored in this tournament at all, uh, let alone one against us. Um, you know, of course it's a pen. So yeah, that's yeah. my little bail thought. <laughs> yeah. I, and I thought the rest of their team was just very lackluster today. It felt like a premier league game because like yeah. most everybody on the field is a print player. I, I agree with that. And the crowd as well. Like whenever I was watching the highlight videos, you can just hear the crowd. It's very distinctly like a prim game. And especially like there was one Harry Maguire header where he like on a corner and he like missed the goal completely. And he's like screaming at the crowd or screaming at the ref or something like that. And you can just imagine that it's like, <laughs> it's like, it looked like Sunday league, honestly. Yes. That's the best, bro. That is honestly the best. Okay. Um, we we are going to talk tomorrow's slate and what we think is going to happen. But as you guys know, this is episode 51, the last episode that just dropped. Well, as of this recording, it dropped like two hours ago because Clayton and I recorded right after the game. So I don't know why I'm recording two episodes in a day, but here we are. I have the time to do it for whatever reason. The grind. The grind. Uh, it's okay. I'm not editing like at all. So it's fine. Unless there's a major mess up. Knock on wood. Um, you, sir, give me your thoughts on on the boys, on the fellas today. Yeah, and, the uh, and what you think about Saturday? Um, I was 
<clears throat> I mean, first off, starting lineup thoughts, I guess. I was happy to see Josh Sargent back in the lineup. I think he needs to get his chances because um, I think that he's better than Haji Wright, in my opinion, at striker. Um, I The midfield's the midfield, probably one of the most solid midfields in the tournament we've seen so far. Um, then Carter Vickers, CCV, com- coming in for uh, Walker Zimmerman. Uh, you... You dead called it as you and Clayton covered. And that was, you know, I was excited looking forward to see what would happen. Um, and seeing his name in the lineup, like, uh, I like admittedly, he's a player that, that I didn't really know as much about uh, when the World Cup started. Like we had that brief text conversation about a long time ago. Um, but I mean, your words of praise for him really kind of just made me feel a lot better. But still... You know, it's just the third game in the group stage. We need a win. And so seeing any sort of change in the lineup, I was like, oh, man, let this let this go well, you know. Um, and it did. You know, he was awesome. He was very impressive, very physical. Uh, I think he's a, like, I like the Walker-Zimmerman-Tim Ream pair, but I, I also really love the CCV-Tim Ream pair. Like, I think they're both phenomenal duos, and I wish that we could – I wish that it was 12 v 12 so we could have Tim Ream, Walker Zimmerman, and CCV in the back. That would be nuts. Um, But, yeah, I mean, this was a great game. Uh, I wish we had scored earlier in the game, honestly. It was getting to the point where it was kind of nerve-wracking. Like, you know, we're approaching the end of the first half, and we still haven't gotten anything. And I think that that, like like you mentioned in previous episodes, like that really was a key to this game of, like, we can't go into the second half scoreless because then the second half is like just the worst in terms of stress, anxiety. Like, you know, we could really have a crucial mistake there because we're just trying to push for a goal. So um, I loved the Pulisic goal. Dest's header was fantastic. Like I was, it was and the run was fantastic. The run was and the pass yeah. from McKinney was fantastic. Everything about it was perfect. It's like that Homelander meme where it's just everything down to the last minute detail. It was perfect. <laughs> it really was, dude. So it was great to see. Um, 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 um. Yeah, I mean, that's all my initial thoughts. Matt Turner didn't really get tested that much, but he was still pretty solid. Um, okay, so I was only able to watch, like, my lunch break consisted of, like, the 15th minute to the end of the first half. Um, so I didn't get the full context of the second half other than just like highlight videos that I've searched out. Um, give me your thoughts on the substitutes because I mentioned earlier today, like I was very confused by the subs. Um, so I'm going to pull up who was subbed off for who and in what minute and all that. And just let me know like your thoughts of like why and what was going on there. Cause to me, it seemed like we parked the bus Obviously, like, bringing on, like, I feel like bringing on Acosta is a little bit, I don't, I don't know, this might be a wrong take, but it didn't feel like Acosta was an aggressive change, if that makes sense. Um, and then, obviously, Haji for Sargent. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of that. And then the Pulisic for, or Aronson for Pulisic was out of necessity. Um, why Shaq Moore and... Why Zimmerman for Wea? 
Yeah, so obviously Arison was first because Fully came out. Um, mm-hmm. So that was a natural like-for-like like replacement. Arison came out on the left wing. Um, Zimmerman, that sub was was fine. I didn't like it for Weah. Yeah. Cause I, well, Weah had a couple moments in the first half where I was like, what are you doing? Like, get out of your own head. Yeah, and then I was agree. like still like marginally impressive in the second half with like yeah. his work rate and his consistency. So... And his um, goal that was called back, I liked the effort so that he good. put in for that. So good. Yeah. And his run, I mean, you know, a tenth of a second off on your run. and you yeah. know, it's, But I thought the finish was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I The Haji Wright sub was also out of necessity because Sergeant uh, hyperextended. Oh, really? It looked like he hyperextended his something in his leg. Like, oh, he yeah. Had, like, right. He yeah. had like a little freak, yeah. like you know, like reflex reaction, um, okay. off a of play. And so he came out out of necessity, but him being the person to get subbed on was obviously very, the wrong decision. Yeah. I needed okay. to see Jesus Ferreira in this group. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I needed to see it. I, I 100% agree. Um, who did, uh, Acosta come on for? He came on for McKinney in the 66th. Okay, so, so that was, so yeah. that was fine because McKinney was getting tired out and you definitely needed the fresh legs there. For sure. Um, and also a quick aside, I believe coming into this game, Dest, Reem, and I f- want to say McKinney or Musa were on yellows. Yeah, and we somebody have, got a yellow today. Tyler Adams, which was uh, yeah, the best. Yeah, it was a horrible, horrible call. Uh, like he was, it was obviously an intentional foul. Because, you know, we were kind of caught in transition. But, yeah. Back. But it was one of those where, like, you, you call the foul, and then the next time that happens, then you do a yellow. Like, that's one of those, like, yeah. prelude yellows or whatever. Yeah. Um, You know, we definitely tried to park the bus, but, like, we didn't do the things that parking the bus or, like, trying to time waste would provide. Right. Like, anytime we tried to get up the field um, to counterattack, we never went to the corner to waste time go to the flag like which is what you're supposed to do if you want to waste time mm-hmm. um haji Wright just like stood like literally didn't do anything like didn't even try to press which goes back to your point like ferrera has to be the guy there because at least he's going to press and at least going to give a crap and create pressure yeah. um when nobody else will like haji is not fast either the only yeah. good thing about him is that he's like kind of tall yeah. so um if Sargent doesn't start, and if Greg is adamant about not uh, taking way off the wing, then I think Ferreira has to be the guy there, unless you drop to a false nine, like we've talked about multiple times in text messages over the last yeah. week. Um, so I was I was fine with the Acosta one. I, he was okay. Um, but I thought Wright was terrible. I thought Shackmore was terrible again. I, I, I'm taking the L on that one because I thought he was a nice little addition because of his one-on-one defending, and he has been atrocious. So Dude. I hope he never steps on the field again. Put Joe Scally in if yeah. you're going to make a, a left-back. So. Also, why did Des come off? No, Des, yeah. Yes. Des was honestly like, beside, I don't know. There's a lot of guys who are man of the match like worthy today. Reem, Pulisic, yeah. Adams. McKinney, Musa, even Musa played his best game today. Musa but Des was it. incredible. Oh my word, he, that's yeah. the best that he played. Why would you take him off? He even yeah. was playing good defense today. It's not. It's not the fact that he like was getting tired. It's like yeah, he was probably a little bit tired. But like 
his defense today, especially in the second half, was really, really impressive. Um, so I don't, I don't get why Greg wanted to do that. Like yeah. that, that was a dumb sub. Like if you're going to do that, put Scallion, put Joe Scallion, or I don't, I don't know, I don't know who else you would put there, or or put DeAndre. Like right. I know we talk about DeAndre and that he's just a vibes guy, but put DeAndre in at that point. Um, Moore was terrible. I thought Zimmer was fantastic when he came on. Um, I yeah. liked the three in the back of, of him, Carter Vickers, and Reem together. It worked well, surprisingly. And I thought that he had like more like calmness about him because he wasn't. It wasn't just him and Reem. Like having CCB right. there, I think was nice. Right. Um, he didn't look shaky even in the little minutes that he played. So those are my thoughts on the subs. Um, yeah. And kind of I, how. No, sorry. What were you going to say? No, no, sorry. Um, I'm just so, like, we, we can't say it enough. Gio didn't see the field. Gio's seen, what, 12 minutes? Yeah, he played, like, 10, 12 minutes in the England game. Yeah, and he didn't see the didn't see the field in the Wales game, didn't see the field today. Um, yeah, man, I, I think the fact that that is the current situation is, is not great. Um, it's just, even if, like, you're not going to, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just, I guess it's like, this guy's going to be a key piece of this team for years to come. Like, let me just pull up his exact age so I don't with this. He's 20 years old. He's going to turn 21 on November 13th of next year. So he's freshly 20, right? Like he's not basically 21. He's 20. So like this dude's going to see two more world cups for sure. If we qualify, if he, you know, obviously no injuries, health keeps up and, you know, form keeps up and all that. But I mean, I think this guy's a talent where that's going to be a, be a thing. So like, I just don't understand why you don't recognize the talent on your own roster and recognize who plays for, I love Dortmund, so I know this isn't true anymore necessarily, but one of the top teams in Germany, like, and have dominated in Germany for so long, right? Like, obviously, like, he might not be getting, I don't really, I haven't watched a lot of Bundesliga, so I don't really know exactly how many minutes he's getting over there. I'm sure it's not a significant amount, but it's more than he's getting now, right? And so, yeah, I don't know. I think that's just a travesty so far. Um, what are your thoughts on I'm kind of just thinking out loud here with this, but you mentioned that pairing of Tim Ream, Carter Vickers, and Walker Zimmerman. I really think that the U.S. could run, like, sort of, like, not really five in the back, but, like, utilizing like letting Anthony and Serginho like operate more of like wing backs um, and run like a five in the back sort of formation, like maybe a five, three, two, and then Anthony and Dest almost functioning as like more like kind of how the Netherlands runs right now. Well, that's what, well, that's what I want to say. Like, I don't know if you can do that against the Netherlands. Oh, really? I don't think you, I don't know if you should run the same system. Yeah. Um, because, and th- the drawback of that is that you're sacrificing either you keep the midfield the uh-huh. same. 
Yeah, you're sacrificing one of Musa. You're sacrificing... Or, well, not even that. Like, if you keep the midfield the same, you're sacrificing one of Pulisic, Wea, or yeah. or Sargent, or I guess Haji Wright, since Berhalter has an affinity towards him, or Ferreira. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I like that. I, I just don't know. Yeah, yeah. And I definitely wasn't, like, more so proposing that against the Netherlands, but just, like, in sure. general. In gen- yeah, like, I think in certain situations that could work, especially since, like, Greg likes to run stuff through the wings anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of how the system works already. Yeah. But, I don't know. That, that's yeah. a good point. Maybe. For sure. I mean, who knows if that will happen in this World Cup, obviously, because, like, yeah, yeah. do you want to tinker too much in the knockout round yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, against Netherlands? And then say you get through the Netherlands, like we talked, like Clayton and I talked about earlier, the most likely matchup in the next round is probably France. Ooh. So, if the U.S. plays France, I don't think you should do much tinkering at all. I think you have to... Well, you've probably got to park the bus against France, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure you don't get slaughtered by yeah. Mbappe. Um, Dude, see, I Actually, you know what? Against France, maybe that could work because yeah. Serginho is not that great defensively. Like, uh-huh. I know I just praise him, but he's still not as great defensively as, like, other guys are. Yeah. And he might get shredded up by Mbappe and his speed. <laughs> yeah, so. definitely. Yeah, man, that's a scary that's a scary path for us if we pull out a result. Yeah, yeah, you never know. Never know. It, it can get funky. Yeah. I will say this to kind of, kind of answer your question, but also kind of not answer your question, but also give you a thought on what I think the lineup should look like on Saturday already, because mm-hmm. I've had some time to think about it, albeit yeah. two hours. I really think, if everybody's healthy, of course. Yeah. As much as I like what Sargent did today, because I thought he played well, I thought his hold-up play was, was very, very solid mm-hmm. um, and provided a lot. I think, to to harp on the quality bit that you just talked about, I think you need the most quality on the field as possible. Yeah. Um, against a very, very solid Netherlands back line um, yeah. of, because they're going to run Virgil van Dijk, Nathan Ake, Matthias Delict, or Timber. And then you have Dumfries, who's an excellent wing back, and then Daly Blind. Um, that's their back five. That's hard to get through. That's going to be very hard to get through. And yeah. so to me, I think the obvious thing, and obvious, I say obvious, but for Greg, it's not going to be obvious. I think you have to run Wea as a striker and then put Reyna on the right wing to match Pulley. I think that has to be your front three. Or if you want to put Aronson there, I guess, put, I don't know. Aronson wouldn't make sense in that scenario because he's not, I don't think he would fit well on the right. Um, yeah. But he would have to be first sub for somebody um, later on. I don't know. I think there's there's a a reason like well, let me backtrack. I really think that's what Greg should do. Is he going to do it? Probably not. But genuinely, I think you need to have as much talent and quality as possible against that team, more so than like system and like cohesion and stuff. Um, slightly more, not like obviously you don't want to abandon all your principles, but especially for a team that has been lacking for goals this tournament. I really think you need Reyna on the field to start the game. Yeah. I, I really do. And I know he's been having some injury history, but like he's been far away from that now, far away enough from that now that he should be fine. So just play the guy on Saturday. You never know. Like he could score a banger of a goal and then cause, you know, the Netherlands to feel some pressure. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I, I really do like the idea of way as a striker. Um, 
in our current squad because I like that's that's honestly like an answer to getting the talent off of the bench because we have so many of that talent in like not to like to like ease up the pressure that we've thrown on Greg a little bit we do have a lot of talent in overlapping positions which is unfortunate like we've got a lot of winger talent we've got a lot of cam talent we've got a lot of that upper middle of the field talent unfortunately none of that overlapping area is really in the the striker position. Um, but I think way as a, I feel like way has been playing as a striker anyways, in these first couple games, you know, like he's been the one that they're trying to get, uh, the end of the sequences to, And he's been the one who honestly, like, obviously he had that offside goal today, but like, I've been the most impressed with his finishing, um, out of everybody on the roster. Like I think Pulisic's goal was a great goal, but like, it wasn't really, a skillful goal, you know, like Dest had, I, th- I think the skill was in the setup and then Pulisic was there to smash it in. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, way has been one of the cons- consistent ones with the chances, with the quality looks, and he's got a lot of skills. So I think running him at the very top would be awesome. And like, and you're right, that would be a great way to get one of either Aronson or Reyna off the bench. Um, and then saving, either Sargent or Haji, I, I think like both of them on the bench um, is a great way to, is a great route to go because then either one is there to come in for Wea. Um, and then, yeah, obviously keep the midfield the same. And then the back line, you know, I don't really care who you throw in there. We've seen great things from everybody back there except for Shaq Moore. So I agree. As long as Sim Reams in there, I think the back line's in, in fine shape. I agree. Dude, imagine this is the game where Greg is like, you know what, Aaron Long? You deserve a go. <sighs> I would <laughs> I would break my television. <laughs> and I'm not even the biggest U.S. fan. I'm literally like, I'm L3. L3. Why am I saying it in a, in a gringo? L3. 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 Mexico, mi país. <laughs> I'm, Me- I'm Mexico before U.S. all day. Right. But I would break my TV if that happened. I would right. be like, you should be fired for that. Like, whoever the assistant coach is, get Greg on a plane and send right. him to the moon and then get this assistant coach in and change the formation right before the game. Like, why would you do that? Gosh. Yeah. Hopefully not. And I don't think, yeah. No Surely. shot. No, no shot. shot. Unless somebody gets hurt. Yeah. Even if, like, if one of those, let's say – Let's say Carter Rick, let's say Reem gets hurt. God forbid he doesn't get hurt in training. But you have to start Carter Rickers and Zimmerman. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. Like the 100%. pecking order is Reem and then Zimmerman or Carter Rickers, whichever one you want. And Two, then Aaron Long. Yeah. Like way down the pecking order. Like no shot. Yeah. No shot he yeah. plays unless somebody gets hurt. Unless two guys get hurt, to be honest <laughs> with you. So Yeah. <sighs> yeah. That that would Again, I'm not a USMNT like fanatic. Like I'm a fan. I really like this team. I really do. They've grown on me. But I, I would be I would be furious. I would legitimately be furious if that happened because that's just stupidity of the highest order. So Surely. Um, surely not. Surely not. Um any other thoughts from you, from your perspective about the boys? Um, not too much. I wish we could have won two or three to zero today, but Glad to get the W. Glad to be surviving. Yeah. I'm glad that the ref didn't fall for Iran's yes. acting. 
antics because yeah. um, they were trying to do some stuff. Um, I'm super glad about the, the penalty no call um, that they were trying to get Carter Rickers for because clearly I think Taremi was the one that was brought down, oh, but he fell down way too easily. So I'm glad they didn't call that. Um, I, I was not impressed by the way that they played today just in general, and that's taking bias away. I was like, why are you playing like that? It, it's like how England played against the U.S. Like, why? Like, yeah. why are you, you act like you're scared against them. Like, don't be, yeah. you know? Not to say that Iran has better talent than England because they don't, but like even so, like, like take it to it. Like you get, like, are you really trying to play for the draw? Like, yeah, don't. But whatever. Okay, tomorrow's games. Oh boy, oh boy. Group C and Group D. I believe Group D is going first. Yes, Group so D. So the first game is well, two games at nine. One of them is France versus Tunisia. Yeah. And then Australia versus Denmark. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Thoughts on those two games? Um I mean of course it's depending on what happens with the France Australia game or or uh the France Tunisia game. Actually no, I take that back. I was looking at this group completely wrong. Uh Australia Denmark. Um it's going to be a uh, – I don't know if it's going to be a close game. This Australia team is so confusing, right? Like they showed quality against France and then they got completely destroyed and then they come out and then they sneak the win away um, against Tunisia, which like they showed that they were quality in that game. So I don't know. I want to lean Denmark just because I feel like purely on talent, I feel like Denmark has more of it. Um, that being said – Obviously, it can't be it can't be stated enough times that we've seen teams that are the on paper weaker side come out with the win. So I don't know. Obviously, Denmark um, they have to win to get in. So I mean, they're going to be going for it. Um, Australia kind of in a nice position though. They can play for the tie, and then they're they're in. Um, and then yeah, France is already in, so nothing crazy there tunisia it's not looking great for them in my opinion unless unless actually yeah it's not looking great for tunisia yeah even despite the fact that you know france is going to have a completely different lineup tomorrow like i definitely expect i don't even think like Lloris plays like i would expect Thurum plays and mbappe sits and Kamavinga comes on for too many and their other midfielder comes on and um you know, like Varane starts maybe, but maybe uh, Kanate starts instead of uh, instead of Ubumakano and Benjamin Favard. I expect him to start as well. Like they're going to have a completely fresh lineup tomorrow, and yet they still have way more quality than Tunisia. Poor guys. Right. Um, right. Yeah, I feel the same way about Australia. I have no read on this team at all. I th- I personally, I'm I'm still going to ride for Denmark because I've been riding on them. You know, the whole tournament. But it would not surprise me if Australia pulled out a draw. Um, But I think Denmark has to be on the front foot. They're going to have to play very attack-minded. Like, they're going to have to send numbers forward from the get-go because it's not like they have to win. They have to win. I think if they win and... uh, Yeah, they just have to win, right? Like, they don't even... There's not a goal difference scenario 
Um, right? Because yeah, no. Australia would still have three. Well, I mean, if somehow Australia and France tie and Denmark wins, then there would be a goal differential. But Australia tying would keep them at the same goal difference of negative of minus two. And Denmark is sitting at minus one. So if they win, that would imply that they go to zero. Well, but if Australia, so if Australia and Denmark tie, then Australia has four points. Oh, dude, I keep thinking that. And Denmark has I two. I keep thinking that right? Australia is playing France. Sorry, just because of the way I'm looking. No, no, no. You're good. You're good. Um, so wait. That's all it is, right? Like Australia yeah. just has to draw. And yeah, Denmark if has to win. Also wins, then they get in, and then Denmark has to win. That's it. That's okay. Yeah. So that's the only game that matters. Yeah, that and it and it only matters for the second place spot. There's no. It, it doesn't seem. Yeah, I think Tunisia is officially eliminated. Unless They're, they are not because they have one point, but I think they have to beat France. They would they, have. To they have to beat France and Australia. Mm-hmm. And Denmark have to draw. Yes. Because Australia and, then... And then they would have to beat Australia's goal difference. Right. And, okay, this is what I was thinking. Sorry. So if Australia-Denmark tie, Australia's goal difference is set at negative two. If Tunisia somehow pull an upset on France, then they would go through because their goal difference is minus one. So for them to get three points would imply that their goal difference would at least move to zero or better. Uh, right, because Australia gave up like four goals in the first game. Yes, so they're at minus two, Tunisia's at minus one. If Tunisia gets three points, their goal difference moves to at least zero, and Australia getting one point would mean their goal difference stays at negative two, which means Tunisia would advance. Okay, so they have more of a chance than I think we realize. <laughs> yeah, especially if France plays Bum City, which it's not really Bum City because they're France. Yeah, okay. Yeah, interesting group after all. Yeah, okay, well, all right. See how that goes. Okay. Uh, how are you feeling about Group C? How you oh feeling? boy! Uh, can we talk about the other game first <laughs> before yes. we talk about Mexico? We're ah! talk about Argentina Poland at one p.m. Yeah, Central Standard Time. I'm trying to remember the scenario. I've sent the picture to like twenty different people already. Yeah. Um. Let me try to find it real quick. Yeah, I think I'm rooting for Poland to win, which I did not expect to say uh, that. Because no, 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 you're rooting for Argentina. No, because if Poland just has to win, and goal difference doesn't matter if we win. Like, oh, snap! Argen- right. Argentina has to win, and we have to have better goal difference than Poland. Oh, yeah, that is so much more likely. But obviously, Poland beat Argentina. Yeah, yeah, that's Lord. Yeah, so the scenario in my head, the pictures explain it really well, but whenever I was thinking about it, it's just like I sent those numbers in our group chat of like 2-0-3-0 as just like a example, but like basically say Argentina wins, the more that Argentina wins by against Poland, the less you guys have to win against the Saudis. Okay. If that makes sense. So like say Argentina only win 1-0. That moves Poland's GD to plus one, and you guys are currently at minus two. So then you guys would have to win by four if Argentina win one nil. Okay. So if Argentina <laughs> win by, say, three nil, 
that would move Poland down to minus one, and then you guys would have to win 2-0 to move up to zero. Well, if we could score two goals at all, that might be a miracle. That that, that may yeah. be too much to ask for for yeah, this team, so sadly. That scenario that you just said of Poland winning... That's what I'm saying. We would just need one. Like yeah, that's, uh, that's one freak chance from Lozano or Vega might get us through a pull and win. So yeah. I need Lewandowski to, I guess, score like five goals tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> <gasps> but there's no shot, bro. Argentina's going to win. They have way more confidence now. Uh, yeah, they have looking, they have yeah. stress off their back. There's no there's no way, and I expect them to have a very similar, if not the same, lineup to the one that started the game against Mexico on Saturday, because obviously that's what worked. And uh, yeah, yeah, I definitely think Argentina's going to win. And if they don't, that would look really bad for me, because I definitely thought they were going to win the tournament. So <laughs> yeah, me, no, me too. I'm right there with you. Our entire our entire dignity's on the line here. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But I mean. I, okay, so like, obviously you guys do have a striker problem, right? Obviously there's a bit of a coaching problem too. Um, Which, by I the way, he's leaving after the World Cup. Like every term? Mexican, yeah, like every like Mexican news outlet is like reporting that that he's yeah, like it doesn't matter what happens, like he's leaving. Which thank yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I just feel like if there is a game where you guys are going to score two or three goals. Surely it's this game. You think so? I do because I Saudi Arabia is not a good team. They're not. They got a fluke win against Argentina. That's it. Like, period. Like, I don't know. They showed some quality, and obviously everybody on this stage is good. But like, they're not. They're not a sleeper team to win the tournament. You know. Like, they're not like, oh, this team's actually so much better than we thought. Like, no, they're still, they're still like ranked 50th in FIFA rankings, which, like, obviously that's not rule of law, but I don't know. They're not a sleeper team, is my point. So I think if there is a game where you guys are going to get two or three, surely it's this one. Oh my gosh. Um, NFL news breaking. My brother just texted me, so I don't know. If it's truly confirmed. Okay, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm also, my phone is on the mouse game, but you tell me while I go to Twitter. I'm going to Google it just to, Lamar Jackson to the Denver Broncos. Oh, no, it's a wrong Lamar Jackson. He trolled me. No, I was, dude, I was about to say, even when you said that, I was like, no, like, whatever you're about to say is not true. <laughs> There's no way. It's the cornerback Lamar Jackson. No. Oh, okay. That's God. foul. That yeah, that is oh man, that is foul. Like that, uh, somebody should be, get arrested for that. Oh my word, man! Gosh, that makes me mad. I was about to say, there's no way Baltimore would do that, right? Surely. Anyways, sorry, sorry to throw a fall, throw a false alarm there, but yeah. Anyways, yeah, Saudi Arabia is not a, not a sleeper team. If you guys are gonna get three, it's gonna be against them. That's my ruling. Okay. Well, okay. This is I'll I'm going to steal the uh the bit from uh, the the after the whistle show with Rebecca and Brendan um where they go optimist pessimist. I'm going to steal that bit. I'm going to I'm going to be an optimist for a sec. 
Okay. Uh, shout out to them, by the way. Really, if you haven't listened to it, listener, you should. It's a great show. Even if you have no idea what's happening with the World Cup, like it's a great show for beginners. So please listen to it. Um, what what gives me hope about tomorrow is that we're not going to have to run a back five. <laughs> like we're not going to have to park the bus, and we can't park the bus. Like we have to score. Right. right, so like we have to go back to our normal back four or the back four that uh, we played with uh, with Poland, which, which was, was good. A, which was Gallardo, uh, Cesar Montes, Moreno, and uh, I don't know who would start at the other back spot. I guess Kevin Alvarez, maybe I'm not really sure. Um, so I, I imagine that's going to be the back four. For the love of the Lord. Edson Alvarez has to start and play all 90 minutes tomorrow. Like, there's no excuse. There's no excuse whatsoever. He has to play. Um, I have no idea. I'm going to find out right now if Andres Guardado is healthy. Um, if he is healthy at all, he has to start. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric Chavez uh, would be nice um, to have. Um, you know, I think he'd be... He he was fine in the first game, not great in the second game. Um, so, I I hope that he's uh he's active, but I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I I have no idea. I'm trying to figure out. Twitter's not giving me any good details. Also, by the way, just random aside, uh, the the Mavs are getting just absolutely just obliterated oh. by the refs. Um, oh. so thanks, <laughs> like. They've called Luca for like three travels in like the third quarter alone. It's like Jeez. that. Like, why are we calling travels in the NBA? Like, <laughs> like they don't do that, you know. Yeah. Um, hey, okay. he's got thirty-two through three though. Yeah. Okay, oh. maybe Guardado is available tomorrow. I'm not sure. I think if he's available, you have to start him. I don't think he plays again the full ninety, but you have to start him. Yeah. <sighs> I hate our bench so much. I think though I I don't think I don't love this. I don't love saying this. But it kind of feels like we're going to have to just throw stuff at the wall. And so yeah. obviously Vega starts, duh. And obviously Lozano starts up front, duh. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say the right guy tomorrow at forward might be Rogelio Funes Mori from Rayados. Um, he is not a longtime national team player. He is a naturalized citizen. But at, at this point, you just need something. I don't think Raul should play at all um, yeah. because he's just not effective. Um, so I think it has to be Funes Mori or it has to be Henry Martin. Um, one of those two would be great. But I think for the sake of trying something different and let's see how it goes. And if it doesn't work, you take him off at halftime. I think you try Funes Mori. Because um, he's got nice instincts. I will say that about him. He's old. He's really, really, like, a lot older than I think people realize. But he's got nice, like, awareness, positional awareness. Um, and he usually will come in in the clutch because um, he's done it time and time again for Monterrey. Um, so I think... That would be worth a shot. I really think it would be. Um, I'm worried about the subs, um, who he might bring on. I'm trying to look back at at the Argentina game, the box score for that. Um, for the oh, the Argentina game. Yeah, like 
who we left on the bench specifically in that game. It looks like. So we subbed on Eric Gutierrez, who was horrendous. Uh, Roberto Alvarado, who was horrendous. Um, Antuna. Antuna, who was eh, and Raul, who has just not been effective. Yeah. Leaving guys like Carlos Rodriguez, um, Funes Mori, Rodolfo Cota, Henry Martin, Jorge Sanchez. Oh, yeah, Jorge Sanchez has to play tomorrow. Why? Did, I forgot to mention this the other day. Why on earth did he not play against Argentina? Like, what in the world? He's like the starter at Ajax. <laughs> like, why didn't we? What? Like, okay, I just, that just, like, I just realized that, and now that makes me really mad. <laughs> Ah, what what are we doing? Uh, yeah, for the love of the Lord, like we do not have a good, Man. we do not have good options. Uh, yeah, Carlos Rodriguez has to play um, off the bench. Please, God, may that happen. Ortega is a defender, so that that's not great. Luis Romo is a midfielder. Eh, I don't think he'd be effective. Johan Vasquez is also a defender. No, I mean, we're going to have to play most of our guys. It's not like we can make five quality subs. Yeah, yeah I, I guess Funes Mori is the guy. And if not Martin, just as, as long as it's not Raul, it's fine. Um, that's that's my point. Um, yeah. And just hope for the best. Because the Saudis still have a chance as much as anybody. Um, sure. Nobody's won a a knockout spot in that group yet. So they're going to be going for it. Yeah. It's going to be a really open game. Like we can't sit back. Like we can't, like we did against Argentina, kind of how we did a little bit in the Poland game. We can't, we can't at all. And so I'm hoping that just one goal, like kind of eases everything and like opens things up for us. But until that happens, it's just going to be real tense and, yeah, it, it might be a struggle to watch and to endure, but get it right, Tata. Please, please get it right. I know you're about to leave, but please get it right. That's all we want. I mean, it, at the same time, though, this is the other thing I was thinking about the other day or today. Maybe we should just stink tomorrow because if we were to win and get through, we're definitely playing France in the Round of 16. Like 100% we're playing France because the Group C runner-up plays the Group D winner and they're going to win Group D. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> ah, please. Please, Lord. Please, Lord. I, I At this point, I'm just like, well, let's just lose because like I'd rather put up a, a valiant effort and lose to Saudi Arabia than like somehow get through and then get throttled. By France, right. throttled. We like we'd have no shot against France, not at all. Hey, man. Especially with how great they're playing right now. But hey, man, never say never. I say, I mean, yes, but also the way we played against Argentina, it would be the exact same way we'd play against yeah. France. But but the thing is about that one, like you guys were clearly playing for a draw in the first 60, 50, 60 minutes before the Messi goal, right? Um. And in the round of 16, you're not playing for a draw. You know, That's so, true, yeah. So, yeah, either you guys get throttled or it's a close game. And who knows, you know? <sighs> I guess. Again, all you all you gringos got more faith than me, which is, 
Which is so funny. I mean, me, even my mom and I were both like, yeah, like, like there's no shot, right? And we're like, nope, nope. I've talked to my grandparents about it, and we're all, like, super frustrated about it. <laughs> so Here's the thing. For me, growing up in North Texas playing soccer, um, it was me and a bunch of Mexicans, like, on the school soccer team, you know? And to me, before I discovered the Premier League or anything like that, I... You could have asked me where soccer was invented. I straight up would have told you Mexico or Spain um, because, like, in my experience, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, these guys are nuts. And so, like, I was just actually thinking about that the other day. Like, it's crazy how um, just, like, my, my like, area of upbringing, I was, like, so influenced to, like, I assumed that Mexico was, like, top five, top ten national team. You know, well, we sometimes act like it, so it makes sense. That's true. Which do you do you know your guys' ranking? Like, uh, we're top fifteen for oh, whatever reason. It's really close to top ten this year. Um, but no, yeah. So it's crazy, man. But I guess my last thought on the game. Another, I don't know if this is going to comfort you, but this is just like solely looking at the the table right now. So you guys have one point, right? Uh, Saudi Arabia and Argentina and Poland both have three or more. So initially to me, uh, the obvious thing about the situation is you guys, and obviously we've talked about all the circumstances in which y'all get through, but a win is a necessity. And um, the sort of like philosophy that I would like to see going into this game, if I were a, an L3 fan, um, would be, I kind of want to see like what happens and you could have differing opinions cause you know, these guys better than I do. Um, but I wonder what would happen if you make like two or three of your fives, five subs at the striker position, just throwing guys into the game, giving them a chance and seeing what they can do because, um, you can't lose and you can't draw. So you have to win. So you need to get goals, 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 right? And so I think, like, if you concede one, like, instantly you're kind of, like, eliminated, if that makes sense. Like, obviously you can still come back and win, but, like, you guys need to win by a a, a significant margin. So I think you go, like, full throttle, like, everything to the wall, right? Like, you got to play so aggressively because like you just have to so it's not going to serve you if you win i mean it might serve you if you win one zero but like it's not going to serve you if you draw and it's certainly not going to help you if you tie so i think you just give these guys like 30 35 minutes in the game and then switch it up like keep it keep switching it up because you got to keep it you got to keep them fresh you got to keep them alive you got to keep the energy high i will say um did he get flagrant too? Good lord. Yeah. Good oh my god. Again, I'm not like fully watching because obviously we're recording this podcast. Yeah, I just saw the text. Oh my gosh. Like the refs have been atrocious. Yeah. Absolutely atrocious. To that point, I'm gonna suggest a uh, formation idea. Yeah. Four four two, but really it acts more like a four two four. Okay. 
So you run your back line. My preferred 11 tomorrow is Ochoa, obviously, in goal. Uh, Jorge Sanchez, Jesus Gallardo, uh, Cesar Montes, and either Moreno or Araujo, who played fine on Saturday. Yeah. Although he's on a yellow, so that's risky. Actually, yeah. no. Play Moreno. Play Moreno. Um, play Guardado and Edson as your CDMs, as the two, and then run. Because I, I think at this point, you just try whatever. Run Vega and Lozano on the wings, and do not take them out. Do not sub them out. Like They, they have to play all 90 minutes tomorrow, no exception. Yeah. And then run Martin and Funes Mori as your strikers and see what happens. And then if one of those guys is not doing so hot, you take him out, you put Raul and yeah. try to see if he works for 30 minutes. I love that. Just go. Yeah. Like to your point, just go for it. Yeah. Cause you have to, right? Like you tie, whatever you're going home. You yeah. lose, you're obviously going home. So like, yeah. try to get five goals. Like, yeah. Do whatever you need. To do whatever it takes. Yeah. Tata cannot, if he takes out Lozano and Vega and or Vega, either of the two or, or both, like he yeah. did the other night against Argentina, that I will actually break my TV for. Do you think that Tata <laughs> is the type of person who, like, with news of him surely getting sacked, like, surely he wouldn't throw at the World Cup, right? Yeah, but, like, he's like, been so frustrating and seems like he doesn't he hasn't cared in a long time that it wouldn't surprise me well i don't even think it's the fact that he's getting sacked i think he's leaving on his own accord yeah from what i understand from the reporting but also i would sack him if i'm the the mexican football federation anyway like i'm sacking him regardless but i i have seen that it sounds like that he he's going to leave regardless because he's older. He's been coaching for a long time. He's been through yeah. a lot. So um, there's merit to him wanting to leave anyway. But yeah. Valid. Okay. So yeah, that's my preferred lineup. 424. Please, God, run a 424. I like it. And just see what happens. Yeah, that's what you need. Um, Do you have any other? Or, oh, hold on. Let me do this. Because I did this with Clayton earlier. Who gets out of the group in, in that group, in Mexico's group? Be honest, unbiased. Who do you think gets out in Group C? And then get, who gets out in Group D? Um, out of Group C, obviously Argentina. I think they're going to... Well, actually, I don't know. Because here's what I'm thinking. I'm I'm scared that there's... Like, my unbiased opinion is that there could very well be a tie tomorrow between Argentina and Poland. Um, just because I think that this Poland team is pretty good defensively. And Chesney is a top-tier goalkeeper, which I knew he was good. But I think this like his run so far has solidified him like up there with the guys, you know? Um, so, I don't know if... If Argentina wins, I think it's going to be like 1-0, maybe 2-1. Like I think they'll win by one. Um, so I don't know. I'm going to I'm going to say Argentina wins that game 2-1. Um, so that puts them at 6 points, Poland at 4. I think so that would move Poland's GD down to plus 1. 
Um, in that case, I think Poland would move on because I don't see you guys winning 4-0 or by a margin of 4. Just with all the concerns that we've talked about with, you know, striker issues, it's real. Right, right. I want to say that it's possible. And I don't know. I, I'm not able to see on my table here the breakdown of, of goals scored for you guys. So I don't know what, the, what would be the tiebreaker on if you guys score three in that scenario. Because I, I feel like I can see that happening at the very most three goals. Um, but, you know, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say my take. Argentina first, Mexico second. I think you guys pull out a big win against Saudi Arabia. Ah, why do you have more faith than me? Why? I'm gonna say it, because I th- I don't know. This is just the prime matchup to do it in. You know, it's oh, man. Yeah. And I, in, in all honesty, like I say, Argentina two one to Poland. I can also very well see that game getting out of hand for Poland. You know, like I don't know. I think this is one of the most interesting groups and one of the most interesting final games for this, for this group stage. So my final take Argentina first, Mexico second, it's going to be a tight finish. Um, not in the specific games. I think there'll be blowout games, but wonky okay. finishing to a group. Okay. Um, obviously France is already there. So yeah. who, who's getting out of group D with them? Um, okay, just so I don't get it wrong again, it's Australia and Denmark playing. Versus, yes, and then France and Tunisia. I think Spain or France's backups take care of business against Tunisia, so I don't think there's any funky business there. Um, and I'm going to say, man, this is going to be a close one. I'm going to say Australia because, no, I'm going to say Denmark. I can't do it. I'm going to say Denmark. Yeah, you can't do it either? Yeah, same, same. Yeah. They're the better team, I think. I don't know. I will not be surprised if Australia pull out a tie in advance. Um, but I think Denmark has a better chance to outright win the game, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because I could very well see Denmark pulling ahead and then Australia equalizing at the very last second to like send themselves through, which would be the most soccer thing to do. Oh, absolutely. Go through on a tie at the very last second. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm saying France and Denmark. Okay. Yeah, Denmark. I also agree. Um, I'm I'm just gonna say both Poland and Argentina move on. Can get it easier to deal with it if you guys don't go through for you. Yeah, yeah. Again, all these gringos having more faith in my team than I do, but it's fine. Uh, magic only happens once every four years. That's true. Why not, that's true. Why not L3? Yeah, I guess. It's fine. All right. Uh, anything else you got? I think that's it. You think you're good? Okay, I'm going to play the same game that I played with Clayton earlier. I don't know if you've listened to the whole episode yet. but I haven't yet, so I don't know okay. what's up. Okay, so at the end of that episode, I, I surprised them with a little game of uh, give me... Give me your five aside of this tournament. Pick a goalie, um, a defender, a midfielder, and two forwards. It, th- th- there's there's no rules on like the best who you think is performing the best. There's it can be the best. It can be your favorites. It can be guys who played for Dortmund like twenty years ago. Like you pick, 
all time? No, no, no. Like in this World Cup, who are playing oh. at this World Cup? Okay. Give me your five aside of players who are currently playing, not counting injured guys. So you can't count Sadio Mane. You can't count Kareem Benzema. Uh, guys like that. Okay. <clears throat> Let me think. Let me think. I'm going to go goalkeeper first. And... Hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. I think... There's going to be, you might have to edit out a long silence here. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. Um, I'm just going to fill the time with more ranting about the Mavs because I, as I'm seeing this game, it is atrocious uh, refereeing, but also atrocious rotations from Jason Kidd again. And I know this is not, I shouldn't be saying this on the World Cup podcast, but I'm going to say it later, so let me just get it out of the way now. Jason Kidd should be fired. I'm so mad at him um, for the crap that he's doing this year. Anyways, as I'm, I'm filling time, I need, I need you to hurry up, but I'm just going to keep <laughs> blabbering. <laughs> just keep blabbering um, over over this long silence. Um, All right, goalkeeper. Okay. I'm, I'm going Ochoa. Let's go! Yeah! He's just, too, he's just too good. Um, frankly, the World Cup is his place, too. And I think, you know, I was I was going to go him or Courtois, but we saw a bad Courtois game, so I'm edging Facts. Courtois out to Memo. And Memo got scored on by Messi and a assist from Messi and a really clean goal. So I'm not going to hold that against him. Um, I think I'm going to go with forwards next. Okay. I'm actually, I don't know if this is a hot take because he's not a super big name. But at a wing, I'm going to run Danny Olmo. Oh, I like that. He's been lights out, dude. And they've had. I like that. Arguably a cakewalk like group for them. But I mean, the Germany game, he's still fantastic to me. So I'm excited to see how that group finishes as well. Um,. Let's see. So, wait. You said five aside, one forward, two midfield, two? No, no, no. Two two forwards, one mid, one defender, one, one goalie. Mid, one okay. Defender? Uh, I feel like the obvious answer is Virgil van Dijk to me. Let's go. Uh, yeah. I was waiting for you to say Tim Ream. You know, I was going to do it. I was going to do it. But then, I don't know. Yeah, I think Van Dyke clears pretty much every other defender at this tournament. There's a couple arguments, but... Pepe. Um, <laughs> let's see. Let's go... Thiago Silva as well. Is up yes. That, that, yeah. Um, midfield, midfield. You know... Hmm, I'm not gonna say it yet, but I've got one in my in my brain that could be a sneaky. Well, I don't know about sneaky because he's had a great tournament, but um, uh, <laughs> Mavs are up three. If you're wondering, Mavs are up three. That's fantastic. That's fantastic news. Okay, it's it's so close. 
it's so close to me. And there's probably other other better answers, obviously. Uh, but I'm gonna this go. This is your five aside. You can do what you want. You're right. I'm gonna go Kimmich in the midfield. Yay! Yeah, I like that. Kimmich, Kimmich. Um, and then who to be up top with Mr. Danny Olmo? In a crazy turn of events, taking two from Holland. I'm going to run with Gakpo. Okay. I like him. I'll tell you my five that I told Clayton earlier. I'm just going to repeat it. So, if you, listener, if you're like, why are you saying this again? Just deal with it. Uh, memo. Memo Choa. No memo, no party. Memo uh, Virgil. I have the same two. Okay. Uh, Gakpo, Mbappe. Okay. And you know who I picked as my midfielder because I genuinely have been impressed by him? Tyler Adams. Really? Yeah. Wow. Like, like I like... I love him so much. Yeah. Like, I liked him when he, I liked him when he was in New York. Like I've known yeah. about him ever since he was in New York, yeah. but I love him right now. Was, like, he, was he at Leipzig too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's why him and Jesse Marsh have that connection. Cause Jesse yeah. brought him on to Leipzig. That's where I first saw him and was impressed by him. So yeah, yeah. I, that's a great five aside as well. Yeah. Yeah. We three yeah. out of the five, the same though. That's crazy. Yeah. Look at us. Look at us. Look at us. Um, sweet. I I had some uh, some bench or some like backups um that would be or people that I put under consideration. Uh-huh. Uh just to throw some names out. Uh Kudus, um Kanate, just out of personal Liverpool preference, Allison yeah. Becker just per- out of personal Liverpool preference, Tim Ream, like not like unironically Tim Ream. Yeah. Um Vega, just because he's my guy. Um, Dembele, because I th- I think he's been spectacular for uh, France so far. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, that was that's about it. That's who I like. Just st- straight up for vibes. Yeah, um, that's kind of who I was thinking about. But yeah, that yeah. was fun. That's a fun game. Another name that I was I was close with. Uh, it was Kimmich, Chuameni. Or uh, Casemiro. Yeah, too many. I was thinking about too. And Thiago Silva, like I just said earlier. So yeah, nice. All right, you good? I'm good, man. Sweet. Okay, listeners, thanks for being here on the 51st episode of the show. This has been super fun. Um, thank you, Dawson, for being here. If you want to follow him on social media, you can. It's in the show notes, um, as well as my social handles. Um, be sure to. If you like the show, be sure to rate and review over on Spotify and Apple and all that. It helps greatly to get more people to know about the show if you leave those things. So uh, be sure to do that. Follow the pod on Insta at Dennis and Friends Pod. Email the pod at DennisandFriendsPod at gmail.com if you have any questions or concerns or things you want to have heard or whatnot. Um, we'll be back, I don't know, probably tomorrow or or the day after. Um, I know I'm recording at least one on Thursday, maybe two. And I know I'm recording at least one, maybe two on Friday. So this may be a, a couple of days this week where you might get two episodes in one, but we'll see. And Dawson will be on for, for a lot of those as well. Um, yeah, 
we keep going. The World Cup keeps going. It's it's been a good time. So thanks for being here, friends. And uh, until next time, be good and do good. You know what to do.